0: Welcome to Creekside. If you have a toddler, you can take them downstairs. There's a program going on there for those kids. We are in a series called The Ordinary People, Extraordinary God. And we've got a chance to take a look at Abraham and then Moses and the burning bush and then then Moses uh, coming down the mountain, and and we're just trying to get familiar with some of these characters in the scripture, and today we're going to take a look at a guy who is um, a eunuch, and so let's begin, and not uh, spend any more time trying to give the intro on this, but this this is an interest, interesting story. Some of you might know of this, this individual in the scriptures, it's found in... In Acts chapter 8, and we're just going to read two or three verses, and we're going to do a story. This is a story time this morning. We've heard from Pamela, and then later on, as Abby said, we're going to hear a poem from Jackson that he had written. And so I want you to hear a story from a guy who is a eunuch, and a little bit about his past, and then we're just going to stop on the story. And then Jackson will come and, and lead us into communion. But I thought this story was really, uh, it just kind of meshes in with our communion Sunday. So Acts chapter 8 and 36, and we're going to go just to 39. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and, Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. We all have a story. That's what we've been talking about here. You have a story. I've got a story. Moses has a story. Abraham has a story. And sometimes all we can see is just what the Scriptures has written about that person. But there's more to the story. And the eunuch has a story. So let's just imagine this story. If if this guy was to share the story, let's imagine what that would look like. In the 2nd century... There was a man named Irenaeus. And Irenaeus was a disciple of a guy named Polycarp. Polycarp was a disciple of the Apostle John. The Apostle John was the disciple of Jesus. Irenaeus in the 2nd century said that the eunuch's name was Simeon. So what we're going to do, we're going to call this guy Simeon, or I may just call him the young eunuch, okay? So with that being understood... We see that Simeon was an Ethiopian. He was born in Ethiopia. He was a black African. He was a Gentile. And perhaps, very probability that he was from a family of slaves. And so here he was, and perhaps at the age of maybe seven or eight, he was taken away. From his family. And he was brought to the palace, and he was never to see his family ever again at that young age. And so, just by me describing what he has done, you can see the trauma already of just never being able to see his family again. And the first thing that happened to this young boy was that he was castrated. In other words, he was a eunuch, and they would do this to young boys born from slave families because eunuchs were used as servants and guards in the women quarters of the palace. And this would take place in Asia as well as Africa as well as the Middle East. This was known in those countries, and this is what they would do. And once again, let's go back into Simeon's life. The trauma he faced at the age of seven or eight. The things that he endured. Taken away from the family. Wounded in such a way in his sexuality. Living in a foreign environment. Deeply hurt. Deeply wounded. And there he was. Over the years, Simeon... Must have been faithful. Because it says in the book of Acts here that he was from the high, he he was an officer in the high court. Other words, he was a treasurer, from what Acts is telling us. And so if he was a treasurer, he was trusted. He was loyal. And they would utilize eunuchs this way because a eunuch would have no family. He was taken away from his family. They were unable to have a family. And they were a type of people who, a kind of people who would not be uh, trying to form their own dynasty. And so the rulers of their empire, the rulers of their kingdom would trust the eunuchs because they had nothing to gain. This is where they were. And so that's why they put him into these high positions. And so Simeon the eunuch, he was loyal, but he was alone. He was trusted, but he didn't have a home. He lived in the palace, but nowhere to belong. And this is his life. This is is the young boy's life. So at one time in his life, he became interested. I don't know what age. And so he, he, he says, I, I was interested in the religion of the Jews, especially the fact that they believed in one God. He'd never heard this before, that there was just one God. Because he comes from a culture where there were many gods, And so this intrigued him about this God of the Jews. And so he started to read the scriptures. Simeon was highly educated because he was brought to the palace, and there he was educated. He learned how to read. And most people in that culture could not read. Simeon could read. Simeon the eunuch. And so he picked up the scriptures. He wanted to understand more about this God because there's something that resonated inside of him and he wanted to learn more. And so he started to read in Genesis and he read about this God who created the world and that this God said it was good. And he thought, wow, this is a God who created a good world. And he began to read about Abraham and how God revealed himself to Abraham. And he sends Abraham on a long journey. And he says, this is interesting. The curiosity in Simeon began to grow. And he says, man, this this is so interesting. And it seems like this God just has a love that that I've been looking for all my life. But he continues to read. And he comes to the book of Exodus. Exodus. And he gets shocked by the fact that this God chooses a nation of slaves to be his own people. And he says, this is weird. This never happens with the gods of my culture. This God seems to be turning everything upside down. He chooses the lowest. He chooses the least. He chooses a nation of slaves to be his own. This is all upside down from what I understand about the gods of my land. So this causes him to even be drawn more. And so he wants to worship this God, and he prays to this God. And he wants to go all in with this God he wants to be totally committed. But he can't. Because as he continues to read, he comes into this book called Deuteronomy. In the 23rd chapter of Deuteronomy, he reads this. No man who has been emasculated will be admitted into the assembly of Yahweh. His hopes disappointed. His dreams of maybe this God can welcome me and I am enough. And then he reads if you are a eunuch, you are not admitted into the congregation of Yahweh. Again, excluded. And he can worship from afar. He can worship as a foreigner. He can worship as an outsider, but he cannot be admitted into the congregation of Yahweh. He's excluded. He's loyal, but he's alone. He's trusted, but he doesn't have a home. He lives in the palace, but nowhere to belong. And once again, he experiences that with this God of Whom he wished and was hoping he would be invited and included. So he continues to read into the history of Israel. He comes to read Judges and he reads Samuel and he reads Kings. And then he gets into the prophets and he reads Isaiah. And towards the end of Isaiah, he he begins to read, he comes across Isaiah's vision, a prophecy concerning the temple. And he reads this, and it says in isaiah 56 if if uh, we're going to I'm just going to paraphrase and I'm going to highlight just the high points so that it parallels with the story that I'm trying to tell you. but he will read this and I'm going to paraphrase it from the message. so let's go ahead and go to that. This is what he reads: make sure no outsider who, who now follows God ever has occasion to say, God, put me in second class. I don't belong. Isn't that true for all of us? May no one say, God, put me in second class. And make sure no physically mutilated person is ever made to think, I'm damaged goods. I don't really belong. Anybody who is a eunuch, do not ever think I'm damaged goods. I don't really belong. And you can just feel in Simeon's heart just a sense of hope. And then it continues on. I'll provide them an honored place in my family and within my city. And they will be welcomed to worship the same as insiders. And here it is. I will give them joy in my house. So here is this eunuch. Wow. This is really good news. This is saying that I'm in. I'm not out, but I'm in. And I just read the Torah, which is the first five books of the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy it says, if you are a eunuch... If you are physically mutilated, you are not accepted, admitted into the congregation of Yahweh. That said, I was out. Isaiah in his prophecy said, I am in. I'm confused, but I'll take Isaiah. <laughs> this is glorious. He began to think about this. And he says, I've got to, I've got to go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. I've got to go to the temple. I want to see what Isaiah is talking about because it says that here in this temple, I am welcomed, that I belong, that I'm included. I've never experienced that ever. And, and I'm beginning to see this, this God that is love, this God that is inclusive. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I've got to go to Jerusalem, so I've got to go ask the queen for a favor. And hopefully, she'll let me travel to Jerusalem. So he comes to the queen and he asks the queen, I want to ask you for a favor. I want to go on a religious pilgrimage. Would you release me? I'm going to be gone for months and months. And she was quite fond of him. And so she said, Yes. And I will give you a chariot and I will give you some servants. And you will travel a 1,000 miles. It's going to take a long time, and I'll provide for you with servants in a chariot. So he gathered up his belongings, and he hops into the carriage along with the servants, and he begins this 1,000-mile journey, and there's a lot of hope in his heart. There's a lot of uh, just this this dream in his heart, not knowing what it be, would it. Be like to really go into a place where he was welcomed and there were no labels, and he held on to this promise, this vision of Isaiah that he was going to be included. He finally arrives into, into Jerusalem and he goes to the temple, and as he walks toward the temple, He begins to see that there's something outside of the wall of the temple embedded into the wall. And it looked like there was a sign. There was an inscription and he he couldn't read it because he was a ways off. And so he got closer and he began to read this inscription that was outside of the wall in Jerusalem at the temple. And he discovered it was a, a warning. And this is the... Archaeologists have uncovered uh, this sign that was outside of the temple, if we can just see the image of it. And they were able, this is all in Greek here, and they were able to piece together this artifact. And the wording of it, and I'll read you what this warning is. And this is what Simeon the eunuch read. And it says this. No foreigner is to go beyond this barrier of the temple. Whoever does so will only have himself to blame for his death, which will follow. (laughs) Wow. All of a sudden, my viewpoint of God just changed. (laughs) Can you imagine the disappointment? All the weeks of traveling to Jerusalem, to this temple, that you just had this perception of love and welcome and invitation, inclusion. And all of a sudden, you come to this and you discover once again that you are excluded. You're not welcomed. You try to belong, but if you try to belong, you're going to be killed? Who is this God anyway? And so he begins to think this, you know, Isaiah's dream of the inclusive temple was only a dream. It really didn't exist and all I can do now is just go back to Ethiopia and I can be loyal but I will be alone. I will be trusted but I won't have a home. I will live in the palace but nowhere to belong. I will go back to my life again. So he heads back, jumps into his carriage with his servants. And he's making down, he's, he's, he's rolling down the road of Gaza. And as he is going, there's a guy that approaches him who's been spoken of the, uh, by the Holy Spirit to come and talk to this guy in the chariot. And here is... Simeon, the eunuch, reading from Isaiah still. And he's having a lot of questions. He's reading about this this man who was humiliated, this man who was excluded, this man who was executed. And Isaiah calls him the suffering servant. And he's saying, who is this? It says that he was like a sheep that was led to the slaughter. Who was he anyways? Because I have so much in common with this guy who felt he was so excluded, and that's how I feel. And so as he was in his chariot, Philip comes, and he says, you understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I? I can't figure it out. I need someone to explain it for me. Who is Isaiah talking about anyways? I want to meet this person who I know already resonates inside my heart. He's already included me. I just feel welcomed by him. He has the same experience that I went through. Who is this guy? And I can just imagine Philip's face begin to smile. And he says he's talking about Jesus of Nazareth, born of a virgin, preached good news reached out to the sick, healed the sick. And he also went to the temple. And in the the temple of Jerusalem, he did not like the mindset of those who were running the temple and the exclusiveness that was happening into the temple. And so what he did, he turned the tables over and Simeon said, nah, I understand that. Because I understood that I was welcomed in the prophecy of Isaiah, but as soon as I got there, I was not welcomed. I was not included. I couldn't even enter in or I'd be killed. Philip says, just hold on here now. Jesus was also excluded excluded as well. He was arrested. He was condemned. He was crucified. And on the third day, he rose again. And it says in the scripture here that he told him the good news. He bathed in who Jesus was and, and the purpose of the cross and the resurrection and that Simeon, the eunuch, was included in this, and he says, there is now, there is now a new temple. It's not built of stone, but of people living stones. You are now the temple of God. And a eunuch, perhaps he was saying, because this has been all of his life, well, what's going to prevent me from going all in? Because every time I tried to go all in with this God who I felt welcomed me, there was always something that prevented. Either either I wasn't good enough, or because I was a eunuch, or because whatever. And he says, what unknown thing is there that I need to know that is going to prevent me and destroy the hope that I've had? On this God that I'm reading that is inviting me, and he welcomes me and he accepts me. And Philip says, There's nothing. And the eunuch said, Then that's the Jesus I believe in. Acts eight thirty-nine. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. He never saw Philip again after that. He just went away. And the prophecy of Isaiah, when it says that he went away rejoicing, that's what he read in Isaiah, that you will be welcomed, you will be embraced, you will be accepted. And Isaiah said, I will fill them with joy in my house. Remember reading that? (laughs) I will fill them with joy in my house. And the house is not the temple. The house is Jesus. Philip, or Simeon saw it for the first time. The house is not creekside. The house is Jesus. <laughs> where you're included, where you're welcomed. He found a place where he belonged. He found a home finally. He found something which brought contentment and acceptance, something he's never really felt before. And it says that he was the first gentile to follow Christ. He was the ultimate outsider. Excluded because of his ethnicity. Excluded. He was wounded in his sexuality. Never belonged. Never had a place. He called home. And then he goes back to Ethiopia. And as tradition says, he became a great teacher and preacher in that country. Teaching. Giving the story of how he felt so excluded and how he was welcomed by this Christ. And he never gave up teaching that. The end.